Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Lou. I mean, <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> exciting 24 hours, let's say. Um, obviously, the Raptors turning around here. Tell my mood is ecstatic. Um, you know, Raptors survived this one 132 to 131. And I really do mean survive because the Raptors missed uh, four key free throws down the stretch. Uh, that opened the door for Indiana to potentially steal it. Honestly, Buddy Hill had a, I mean, as open as a 35-footer can really be. I mean, like, you're, you are ob- objectively, like, in a different zip code when you shoot that shot. But um, he he was on fire, and he had an open look for three from 35. And um, unfortunately, he, well, fortunately for, for the Raptors, unfortunately for the Pacers, he, he banked it off the glass. And, uh, you know, Raptors were there to rebound the ball to, to, to secure the win. But... You know, my heart's racing, man. This was one of those games that, you know, you can't really... I mean, look, listen, there's no, there's nothing that you really deserve necessarily, right? You play the game, there are some odds that maybe go your way, some bad bounces, all this kind of stuff, like, whatever. But, you know, I, just watching this game and watching how the Raptors responded, you know, I, I really, really felt in my heart that, like, I really want them to come through with this one. It would just affirm so much about what they did because... Obviously, last night was unacceptable, and we talked about it. We all watched it. We all criticized it. We all agonized over it, and we were all not looking forward to seeing what they would do uh, in in twenty four hours time. You know, um, you know, this Indiana team has been really good, and uh, you know, again, they scored one hundred and fifty seven last night, and, and you could see you could see how potent they are offensively. I mean, yeah, sure, they don't really care about defense at all, and they just run up and down the court. But damn. This team can really get up points. They got threes on deck like crazy. Like, they got 18 threes today, shot 46% from three. Buddy Heald at one point was seven for seven from three after going six to six from three yesterday. Like, what? <laughs> I don't remember a Raptor ever making 13 consecutive threes over the course of two games. Um, you know, Halliburton's, you know, Halliburton put 33 on OG. The guy got guarded by OG all game and still had 33 points. Now, unfortunately, he didn't get some uh, game-winning plays to drop at the end there, uh, despite how much he was crying to the official, which I didn't enjoy, because it was like, why, why, why? Like, man, enough, okay? But, yeah, the Raptors came in, and, and they really, really fought. And, you know, it didn't look that way to start. The Raptors went down 10-2. Dark had to call the first time out. It was looking sloppy. It was looking uh, just... Silly at times, some unforced turnovers. I think the turnovers have really been an issue for the Raptors. Um, you know, that that puts them down so early. That puts them down uh, in, in the Magic game. Although they really did so many poor things in the Magic game that it's hard to just diagnose and point to one thing. But I thought turnovers were huge in that one as well. Orlando was able to get out and transition. And, and you know, again, I don't want to point to Jalen Suggs, you know, uh, breaking away for layups over and over again. But, you know, that was a huge issue for the Raptors. And in this one, they had some bad turnovers as well. But as the game went on, they really settled in, and I thought they hit a good groove. Like, I didn't think the Raptors would struggle to score against Indiana. Um, mostly because they don't play defense, but mostly because they don't have the personnel, really, to guard a team like the Raptors. Um, but also, like, I, I still do have some confidence in the team. Like, I, I think that they just need to play in a way that makes sense, a way that, you know, prioritizes the strengths of the team. And, you know, it's not like, okay, let's feature this guy, let's feature this guy. It's about where the mismatches are on any given night. Like, you look at the Pacers roster and you tell me who's supposed to be guarding Pascal Siakam, right? Especially because you, you heard Kaylin Cooper on the show. Uh, she talked about how rarely the Pacers doubled the post. So 
if you're telling me they don't have anybody to really guard Pascal uh, down low and they don't really double, like, what are we talking about? We should get him the ball a lot, and we should get him the ball a ton. And not only that, we should get Scotty the ball in the post. Uh, we should get OG the ball in the post. Like, it's the same principle for all three of those guys. Obviously, Pascal's the best one at scoring those right now. Um, but it didn't seem that difficult. And honestly, to the Pacers' credit, they actually did show some double teams towards the post. But ultimately, I felt confident the Raptors could touch the paint. And, you know, this is not, I suppose, dissimilar to the game that they beat the Mavericks or the game that they beat uh, the Wizards. And, and the principles in that, like, you know, they just don't have that kind of rim protection. You know, it's a perimeter-heavy team. They're going to try to run up and down and hit a bunch of threes. And honestly, Indiana did everything that they wanted to. Like, outside of mi- missing that three at the end, like, I mean, they could probably live with that. Like, I think Buddy probably makes that, like, 40% of the time. I'm serious. Like, his range is that silly. Um, but the Raptors also executed the Raptors game plan. And I thought just watching the game, watching the ball movement, watching the trust between these guys, it was really great to see. It, w- it was really great to see. I know we were got, all got down because of just how terrible that performance is against Orlando. And that's that's part of life. It really is part of life. You know, I I, I don't know if... I need to repeat this, but I don't promise to be anything really other than a fan. Fundamentally, I'm going to try to do the rest, but that is not what I know. What I know is being a fan and, you know, the fan experience of watching the Raptors is like they let you down and then they build and then they surprise you and get you a great win. You know, this game is not unlike the win that they had against Milwaukee earlier this year where they, they lost a couple and it was like, all right, you know, that Chicago game was such a choke job. And then they go to Philly and they don't have it. They don't have nothing against Philly. And then Milwaukee comes into town and all of a sudden the Raptors actually smacked Milwaukee this game much more competitive but still I thought the Raptors played a sensible organized game they got Pascal the ball in the post I mean like so many times I mean the Pacers weren't intentionally guarding with Buddy but they switch a lot the Raptors ran some cross you know screens to to make sure that um you know Buddy would be switched on to Pascal and then Pascal would just go to work and torch him over and over and over again like to the point he had 36 points 10 rebounds four assists to the point where Pascal won the Raptors this game at the end there with two huge offensive possessions. One, where he, he got a mismatch, drove it to the basket, got a slight rotation uh, away from OG in the corner to show a little bit of help, and Pascal whipped it out. Great pass to OG in the corner, knocks down the three, put the Raptors up. Then Pascal is just you know trying to set up a play in the post. The, the Pacers get a little too physical. Uh, I think Halliburton was the one who fouled uh, Pascal. I, I think I know it's Halliburton because he was the one complaining again about... Man, uh, hey, whatever. Uh, I, I like Tyree so much, but the, the complaining in this one was was genuinely a lot. But um, Pascal then goes to the foul line, makes both, and puts the Raptors up one. Like, and switches two free throws. By the way, and we know how much Pascal has struggled with free throws this year. Nine of eleven from the field are from the free throw today, including two swishes at the end there. But over the course of the game, they found Pascal over and over again. Pascal, honestly, the determination to just take it to the hoop. You know, twice he did a, a euro step move in transition where you rip through two defenders. And he was able to get to the basket, I think, once for an and one as well. Just really, really impressive stuff. But similar stuff from Dennis. I thought Dennis did a really great job working a two-man game with Yak. Yak today, always going to have a difficult time. Start of the game looked, my God, it was lost in the sauce. It wasn't even necessarily his fault. Um, but the Raptors weren't guarding the ball well. And, and you don't guard the ball well in this kind of team with, like, five-out spacing with Yak out there as well. It's going to make him look especially bad. However, I thought Yak actually had some moments. You know, he had a play where... Well, first off, he had two plays in the second quarter where he switched on to Tyrese Halliburton, and both times he did a decent job of a either getting Halliburton to get out the three-point line, get into the middle, and then have the Raptors have help behind him, or even once forcing him to contest a mid-range shot where he missed. 
but another play in the third quarter where, again, he switched on to Halliburton, and mostly because Halliburton's trying to target him, trying to attack the center or whatever. But, you know, Yaka actually stayed with Halliburton the whole possession, and I think it ended in, like, a shot clock violation or, like, a really late um, jumper that didn't really have any chance of going in. So I, I'll give Yaka's credit, too, but I'm, for me, it was mostly the, the times the Raptors got Yaka the ball and then worked it so that they got you know, uh, DHOs for, for, for Dennis Schroeder. Um, they got, they got high lows from, from Yak to Pascal, Yak to OG, Yak to Scotty. Like the did a really good job distributing and he played his role tonight. Um, the only thing unfortunate with Yak was he like dropped the ball like three or four times, especially early on, which definitely added to the frustration of how poorly they started, especially compounded with what they did last night. But you gotta give them credit. They fought through and, you know, Dennis read a great job. I thought Scotty did an amazing job with the second unit. Um, watching him just organize the group uh, for the, the second unit, especially to start the fourth quarter. I mean, it was amazing. It was stuff like he would like deflect the pass, you know, secure the ball, then get into the front court. Then he would be the one, even if it wasn't him with the ball, he would direct whoever had the ball to come. And he would then set the screen and then maybe get the ball back and then set some other screens and, and just organize and just like, you know, bring something of a structure to the second unit. And I feel like, you know, a lot of the times in that start of the fourth quarter, it wasn't necessarily Scotty shooting the ball, but he, it was his motion, his activity, his rebounding, his steals that got the Raptors first off possessions uh, and then also got them into organization in the front court. So I actually really, really loved what I saw from a huge putback dunk as well in that stretch. Um, so like a bunch of guys stepped up and of course, OG obviously had the hardest job having to guard Halliburton and, you know, Halliburton, um, you know, Got the step on him, I think, for a, a, f- a driving foul late in the game. I think that actually put the Pacers up one originally before Pascal t- took the lead back. Uh, but then Pascal had a re- or then Scott uh, OG had a really uh, key stop where after Halliburton had beat him going right, this time Halliburton crosses back over, tries to beat him going left, and uh, OG did a really great job contesting. This is in a one point game, uh, and OG forced a miss from Halliburton. Halliburton was crying once again. Again, this is too much crying. I'm sorry, just too much crying. Fourth quarter was just him, his face in a bewilderment all, all the time. And amazing player, but come on. Um, and the Raptors were able to secure the rebound. And I think it was actually Malachi who actually got in there. First off, Malachi closing the fourth quarter in, in, in key moments where the Raptors needed to stop. They actually, you know, Darko went to Malachi for those stops and he actually not not that anyone attacked Malachi in those moments but Malachi stepped in and got a huge defensive rebound and got it to Scotty and, and he, he he got to the the foul line and uh goes one for two unfortunately that made it a one possession game because the Raptors were only up two uh if he made both it would have been four it would have been great but um you know still whatever but OG with a key stop there and and uh yeah all night he was working hard man working hard grabbing his shorts um, you know, it was, it was all hands on deck. It was all hands on deck to the point where, you know, shouts to, shouts to Jack Armstrong, man. I mean, like it, my, my favorite games are the ones where he gets so into it that he starts to forget that he's a broadcaster and he taps back into being, you know, uh, the head coach of Niagara back in the day. And he starts to coach the boys through the broadcast. And obviously the players can't hear it, but it just gets you so absorbed into the game. Like, yes, this is a great play right here. Yes, they're running great plays right here. They're they're making sure that they're getting, you know, the ball into, into the mismatches. They're, they're making sure that they're switching these screens and they're communicating and, you know, they're grabbing this rebound and, and they're making this effort. And he's pointing out how tired these guys are, but he's still giving them energy. Like, I man, I love that. Salute to Jack, man. Honestly, he was awesome. 
uh, to watch. Just just to watch this game was was awesome with him because he got me so hype, and I really don't typically need any extra energy to watch a Raptors game. But um, I think first and foremost, too, is just beyond all that, you got a really great performance from Darko. And, you know, Darko has been a rookie coach, and he's 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 made mistakes. And it's too easy to attach first-time you know, NBA head coach to mistakes and therefore, okay, that's that's a product of an experience. Maybe so, maybe not. Honestly, I see experienced coaches making mistakes all the time, you know? And so, regardless, I just want to see what his performance is as a coach in, in these difficult moments. And this is a difficult moment. We talk, we, we, we could talk about the micro, um, but let's start with just the, the macro, right? The, the bigger picture here is that this is a difficult game to manage because you got your butt kicked against Orlando, you flamed out of the, the, the in-season tournament as much as whoever cares about it, but still, it, it's, it's I don't know, I care about it, it's a game. Like, you, you lost, right? You no-show in that performance, you go out on the road, you got a shorthanded roster, and what are you supposed to do against a team that just, first off, A, clinched their in-season tournament berth, uh, but also, B, they just scored 157. You got to prepare on that on twenty less than 24 hours. I don't know how many hours Darko slept. If I had to guess, he probably drank like, you know, six or seven espressos that's what he told us on the show was he on game day six or seven i i, I gotta ask on back-to-back game days how many espressos i wouldn't be surprised if he didn't even sleep based on how much you got to prepare for, for for an opponent like this you come into this game and you got to first thing decide okay who's covering who right and he decides to go with the unorthodox he says i'm gonna get og to cover against tyrese halliburton and i'm still gonna keep my starting five but I'm going to make my, you know, all defensive wing cover their point guard. And of course, there's other ways that you need to make sure you were okay, right? Um, you know, that, you know, without Dennis guarding the opposing point guard, who do, where do you put Dennis? Well, he put him on Buddy Heald. And there were times where Buddy really got open. There was even a bully ball layup and, and, and towards the end of the game where he drove it strong against Dennis and took him to the bucket and, and scored. So you had to bleed some points there. But I thought overall, Dennis actually did some decent work in terms of guarding him at times. Right, obviously you got Yak, you know, guarding against Miles Turner. Well, you can't really just play your typical drop coverage that you would with Yakaproto, especially after a night where Tyrese Halliburton made a whole bunch of pull-up threes, or even even Buddy Heald coming off a screen attacking that would probably be able to pull up. So you got to mix in different coverages. You got to be able to introduce some switching at certain times. You got to be able to then at that point look at okay, if you're going to switch or if you're going to rotate or if you're going to pro- provide extra help, who are the extra players that are going to be rotating and how are you going to make sure you box out all that other stuff? Like it, it, you know, that's just a typical typical matchup game that you would have to come into this one. Then you got to look at your rotation, and your rotation was always going to be a little weird because of the fact that you know Precious missed this game because right knee soreness honestly was not missed. And, 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 you know, I, it, it definitely contributed to like reducing the stress of watching a Raptors game, all due respect, but it's just, it's just, I'm just being honest. Um, but now you got to decide what your rotations are. And one of the things I thought in, in, in yesterday's game against Orlando, I thought it was strange was, you know, if Otto was available to play, why did we only play him in garbage time? Why? Right? Um, it, and also if we played him in garbage time, does that mean now that he's not going to play on the second half of that back to back? Cause I would much rather have auto be available and today not only it does auto is available and salute to him for playing a back-to-back but also he played a a good role he came into this game in 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 the first quarter uh as one of the first subs and the raptors actually made substitution patterns that i thought was a you know it, it not only it made sense but it also 
to me, gave me confidence watching the game that they still had, like, responsible decision makers on the floor. So, obviously, it's a starting five to start. Then he brings in Otto and Gary as the first subs. He takes out Scotty and OG. Uh, but that then creates a lineup where it's Otto, Gary, Pascal, Dennis, and Jakob. All of a sudden, you got the post-up action with Dennis and Jakob. You got the high-low action with Jakob and Pascal. You got Pascal being able to attack mismatches and, and getting into the post. And then you got shooters around him. That lineup makes sense. And guess what? They came in and did a great job. Then what is what is uh what is what does Darko follow that up with, right? To end the first quarter, he brings in Scotty and OG back into the game. Malachi then comes into the game. Uh Otto has done his job at that point. Jakob has done his job at that point. Pascal was on such a heater. Pascal was he was he was doing great. I mean, he, you know, he just he did a great job. I don't know what else to say. He did an amazing job. He scored in transition, Euro step around two. Pascal, you know, pack pick and roll with Yak, you know, layup uh, assist there. P- Pascal uh, forces Benedict Matherin into a, a shot clock violation. Uh, Pascal posts up, draws two, kicks out to Gary. Uh, Gary makes a swing into the corner for Otto for three. So that's a hockey assist. Like. He was playing great. So he decides, you know, I'm going to ride with Pascal and play him the whole first quarter. Even though Gary, even though Darko typically doesn't like playing guys for the full quarter, that's why he took uh, Scotty out in that game against, uh, you know, Boston. Um, and it burned him in that one. But, I mean, at least I admire the the idea. You don't want to overstretch your guys. But he's like, look, I need this win. And Pascal is so hot right now, I'm going to keep him in. But then the rotation there was Scotty, OG, Malachi, Pascal, Gary. What is that lineup now? Well, then you have Scotty who can be your small ball five, and he did a great job of making plays out of that today. Uh, Pascal was still scoring, still giving you great stuff. Um, you know, and, and in that sequence there, there was actually some, uh, you know, uh, just some good two-man action from Pascal and Scotty. Actually, the two of those guys connected a few times today. Um, but, you know, you, you have some playmaking. You still have, you know, Scotty as your backup center in this one, and then you also have shooting in the form of OG, Malachi, and Gary. That lineup makes sense. Start of the second quarter. Obviously, Pascal's going to come out the game, right? So who's going to come into the game? Chris Boucher does get a chance to come into this game. And I didn't think Chris played that great against Orlando, but especially with Precious out, you got to give you got to give Boucher that respect. You got to try it. So then at this point, it's Scotty, OG, Malachi, Boucher, and Gary. In this kind of group, I need the guards to be able to – I just need organization. And obviously, I typically want to see organization from the guards. But in this case, Scotty is both the guard for this group but also the small ball five for this group. And what I, I mean, first off, credit to Malachi, man. This guy, I never seen this man pull off a move like this, but he was coming off an off-ball screen, and he actually pushed off to get separation, got open from three, and knocked it down. And, like, I, I just, I don't know. I, you just rarely see tricks from Malachi, but I was like, okay, I've seen you for your whole career, and I've never seen you make a move like that. That was awesome. He knocked down a three. Then he got in for a layup, and then he knocked down another three. After OG got doubled in the post and he kicked it out to Malachi, eight points. Malachi to start the uh, second quarter outscored the the Pacers eight two by himself. Malachi Flint, that was awesome. That was great. That was really really great. And then they got plays like you know Gary coming off of a flare screen um, and then getting open for three and knocking that down. Um, then you got Gary you know uh, getting a deflection, getting out in the fast break. Forcing a shot, missing it in transition, but OG falls with the play with the dunk. And that second unit group did a really, really great job, man. Malachi, you know, gets it to Scotty, catch and shoot three. He knocks that down, and that put the Raptors up for the first time because they got off to a slow start. Like I said, 10 2, they were down, and Indiana was wetting every single three. So they led until this point, but the Raptors got their first lead with Malachi sitting up Scotty, 43 to 42, eight minutes left in the second quarter. Uh, at that point, you know, Indiana calls timeout. And this, the significance of this is that 
this is the this is the the lineup. Well, maybe not this specific five man lineup, but Scotty and OG. I thought in in as a combination against Orlando, really really struggled, and I thought that they weren't generating the offense, they weren't getting into the good principles, and that bad offense led to so many transition opportunities, and the game got you know blown up based on that. For this group, the night after to come through and really bounce back, that to me was the key of the game. That you know, the second units. Not only did they survive, but they won. They won their minutes. And, man, Indiana second unit, you know, typically can do some things, man. I've seen T.J. McConnell come in and just torture the Raptors, make the Raptors look silly at times. Benedict Matherin last year, all he did was come to Toronto and, and show up the Raptors and, and have huge things. Man, this guy was screaming at, you know, um, Jamal McGlure one of those games. You remember that? The Raptors' first time they played Benedict Matherin? Matherin had, like, 11 points in the fourth quarter, and he was, like, you know, talking back and forth with Jamal McGlure. Like, damn. Okay, like, you know, like, so we've seen that from these guys. And for the Raptors second unit to come in and not only do a great job, but, you know, flip the momentum was awesome to see. And at that point, it was like, okay, how do you sort of ride this thing back out? Then you got Pascal in the game. You got him a nice, decent rest, six minutes. Uh, now you can close out the court. And then it's Pascal, Yak, Otto, Scotty, and Dennis, right? At this point, you know, the Raptors just ran some pretty good action. Jakob high low to Pascal. Off a little rub screen for Pascal to get even more separation getting downhill. High-low finish. Beautiful stuff. Then Dennis Schroeder, mid-range jumper. Uh, some pretty good off-ball movement. All of it was somehow canceled out by, you know, Indiana's uh, defense. But Dennis gets you the mid-range jumper. Dennis, I thought today, just gave you some really timely offense. It wasn't always like he was forcing it. And at times, maybe at the end there, there was one possession where he drove it to the basket and got it stripped off of him. I think my buddy healed. Like, that was a little tough, especially, you know, because it was a key moment. But on the overall... Dennis did a great job of giving them timely scoring. Then the Raptors, you know, continue to roll. Pascal, Yak, Otto, OG, Dennis. That lineup, two shooters, three if you want to count Dennis. And Dennis hit the threes well today, two or five. So let's say three shooters. And then you got Pascal and Yak. Lineup, that makes sense. And the Raptors get a really good job of, uh, of, of you know, just being able to score. Again, Pascal getting mid-range jumpers over Buddy Heald. And then they close the first half with their starters. Um, and then, yeah, that's when the Raptors' surprise went through some switching at the end there. And Jakob actually got two stops against Halliburton, which was really strange. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Pascal knocked down a three in that stretch. Dennis got a layup. OG got a steal and a dunk against Halliburton after he put it around his waist. Like, the guy was feeling himself. I get it, man. You, I would feel myself, too, after scoring 26 and a quarter and 157 points. But still, it was really funny because he put it around his waist and then tried to make a move, and OG swatted him and, and, and got all the way out for a dunk. Um, you know, Dennis made a three. Um, so, you know, just just pretty good stuff. And the Raptors end up going into the third quarter with a small lead. At that point, it's just like, man, how do you sustain? And I thought Darko, again, did a good job of maintaining his rotations. Pretty much the same thing as what he did in the first half. Played Pascal in the entire third quarter. Rode him a lot. Pascal, I mean, there was a stretch there. Where it was just Pascal and Dennis, Pascal and Dennis, Pascal and Dennis. And they both did a great job of scoring. Dennis also got a rare assist to Gary, which I feel like I haven't... I, 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 it was so rare that I had to look it up to see, has Dennis Truder assisted Gary Trent Jr. this year? Because I actually couldn't remember any plays where he was he had set up Gary. And of course, some of that is because they haven't really played. Some of that is because Gary has come off the bench. Some of that is because Gary's been out of the lineup. Um, but also, I just felt like I, 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 don't, I don't recall any moments of synergy between those two. And they finally connected on a three there. It was just a nice little bounce pass and transition by Dennis to lead Gary into a wide open uh, three on the break. But it was still close, and the Pacers, you got to give them a lot of credit, man. They, they, you know, they, they score like crazy, like 36 points in the third quarter. Both teams over 100 by the time you get into the fourth. Um, 
And yeah, like it, it just a battle until the very end. And I thought that, you know, this point, Scotty was awesome to start the fourth quarter. Malachi, Gary, Chris, OG, Scotty, same thing as the first half. Those guys came in and, and it was Scotty doing things like, you know, he so he, the first play of the, the, the fourth quarter, right? And, and the Pacers are up 101, 100. And it's Scotty leading this bench group. And this is what I love to see. And this is something I talked about on the show earlier today was just like, I just want to see Scotty like lead this group. When he's out there, like plays are going through you. I don't need you to shoot it every time, but I need you to touch it. I need you to screen it. I need you to, you know, bop it to start basically. I I, I need, I need Scotty to have it, you know? And um, I thought against Orlando, it was just too much like him not involved in the play. This time, this is what I mean by involved in the play. Pacers have the ball to start the fourth quarter. Scotty gets a steal. And gets possession for the Raptors. Uh, then he comes up the floor, has the ball, calls for a dribble handoff, right? Gives it up. Then he goes to set an off-ball screen, uh, another off-ball screen. Uh, you know, this time he gets to switch on to Tyrese Halliburton. Then he takes Halliburton into the post. Uh, then the Raptors get the ball into OG in the post, or uh, OG, uh, Scotty in the post against Halliburton. Uh, misses the shot, gets his own rebound off that shot, kicks it out to Malachi. Malachi attacks the closeout drives and hits a high load to Chris Boucher who gets fouled. You know, you, you don't understand like how many actions Scotty was involved in, in just like the sequence of two possessions, but that's what I need. Like I, I need the play to go through him. And then Scotty with another, the next play down, uh, it was, it was a great save. I don't know who got the deflection. Maybe it was Scotty himself, but he saved the ball diving out of bounds, threw it behind his back to get it back in bounds. And, um, Whatever the play went on, whatever. Uh, somehow Malachi got a putback layup. Malachi was great in this one, man. Salute to Malachi. But like that kind of stuff, right? Then you got a play where I think the Raptors didn't recognize the mismatch, and I think maybe Gary took a, a shot. You know that was n- not necessarily the best one. Um, Scotty had inside position against a smaller guy, and he should have gotten the ball on a high low feed into the post. Didn't get the ball, uh, but he didn't give up. The shot went up. It was a bad shot. It was it was missed. But Scotty flipped that inside position somehow into inside position then on the other side for the rebound and then got the rebound and then threw down a huge two-handed putback dunk. Stuff like that that I was like so proud of. You know, that energy that really led that group. And of course, it wasn't enough to like push the Raptors ahead, but we had, it was against Halliburton. Like Halliburton is like the Pacers, right? As as much as they have other guys who do stuff, it's Halliburton, especially on a night where Nemhard's not playing. It, it's him. So it... The fact that the Raptors didn't lose those bench minutes against Tyrese Halliburton to start the fourth quarter because of what Scotty was doing was awesome to see. And then this is when Darko started getting into his bag, man. Darko got into his bag on this one. First off, um, get the rotations were right. Then, then it was Pascal, Dennis, Malachi, Scotty, Gary. Um, you know, he tried that. The Pacers got two layups. Uh, the Raptors had a, a, a bad pass. Dennis threw a, a soft pass to, I think, Gary on the wing. It got picked off, you know, um, Bruce Brown goes the other way for a layup, and a one-point lead becomes a five. A one-point deficit becomes a five-point deficit. Darko calls timeout immediately to get that you know group off the floor and change it up and cut off that momentum for Indiana. We're talking about he called a timeout and then he called another timeout within like two minutes. Um, and then he gets Pascal, Dennis, Malachi, Scotty, Jakob into the game, and I think he was trying to sneak on the minutes for Jakob while Halliburton was resting because Halliburton's played the first six minutes of the fourth. You know, now you got Jakob in there a little bit, right? Then you got Jakob high-low feed for Scotty for a cut finish. Um, then you got, uh, you know, Jakob, you know, playing give and go with Dennis, gets it back, you know, where, where Jakob, I think, got the ball from Dennis in the post. 
And then Dennis cut back towards the ball, got the back ball back from Jakob, and was able to get the little uh, edge for the layup. Though that little two-man action that they run is beautiful stuff. It really does organize or clarify so much of the offense. And they got a great chemistry of knowing how to, you know, set each other up. It's beautiful stuff. Um, and, and, you know, still, you still had some, like, difficult moments, right? Because I think Halliburton, I think at this point, maybe checked back into the game. Uh, you know, he hit a deep three over OG that, that put the lead up to seven, you know, Pascal also stepped out of bounds and relocating for a three and Scotty threw a really terrible high low pass to Jakob tried to force it. The, you know, rotation came over, picked off the pass and, uh, Bruce Brown got away for an and one in transition. And, you know, it, it, it was starting to look, okay, you know, getting a little dark, you know, dicey. Darko calls another timeout. This time he puts Scotty into the game. Um, Actually, no, not Scotty. He, he put uh, OG back into the game. Um, you know, he had bought OG a little bit of rest, uh, even though he started the fourth row with OG. Bought him a little bit of rest, made sure that he had his best group in. And, um, yeah, look, listen, I'm not going to say all the fourth quarter execution was great. There were some strange ones in there. You know, Dennis got stripped, for example, on a drive. You know, there was another one where Scotty got the rebound and ran up the floor and took a pull-up three with like 19 seconds left on the shot clock. No pass, nothing. It was like, what? I, I respect the confidence, but what? But ultimately, they figured it out. It was like, okay, if we give the ball to Pascal, good things are going to happen. And Pascal got the ball in the post. Dennis got the ball, brought it up, gave it to Pascal in the post. Pascal drew a double, kicked it out to Dennis, wide open, pull-up three, or catch-and-shoot three, made it, right? Um, that was huge. Uh, then you got OG off of some pretty good movement, gets fouled on a drive, um, and, uh, you know, he is is able to get to the foul line and makes both. During when he got fouled, uh, Darko decides to make yet another lineup change, which he decides, you know what? I'm worried about the pick-and-roll action uh, where the Pacers might try to attack, you know, Jakob Earl. So he put in Gary in for Jakob. Um, and this is a common pattern. We've seen Darko do this time and time again, where he hasn't necessarily closed with Yak. But I get it. Like, the, a lot of... You watch most teams in the league, like, unless they have, like, the Bam Adebayos of the world or, like, Joel Embiid or, you know, Rudy Gobert. Um, who else am I thinking of? Like, I, I know I'm missing something. Like, Draymond Green, I guess, or Kamon Looney. Like, uh, Jokic, obviously. Like, un unless you have those guys, like, a lot of teams do close without the centers on the floor. You know, like, I'm watching the Clippers, they, they close a lot without Zubac on the floor, for example. Um, regardless, they, they, they take the they take their center off the floor at the end there to, to go all wings against, essentially, Indiana's all wings. And at that point, man, it's just, it's just, can your best players make more plays than the opposing team's best players? And that's when Pascal set up OG on the drive, kick out for three, huge shot for OG to knock it down, but great recognition for Pascal to make the pass on the move. Um, you know, that's where Dennis forces a layup against Buddy and gets stripped. I mean, he had turned the corner against Dennis or, or against Buddy a couple of times, so it's not like it was a horrible decision. At the same time, you got to make it. Um, and yeah, he, he got stripped and went out of bounds. Um, then at this point, Darko makes another sub. He brings in Malachi for defense. And um, yeah, I mean... Still, so some pretty good stuff. And, uh, you know, it, it gets to the point where Halliburton, you know, makes a makes a bucket, puts the puts the Raptors um, down one. Then on the inbound play after the Raptors call timeout, and this is why I'm saying Darko was cooking, uh, the Raptors down one with like 30-some-odd seconds. And coming out of that play, the Raptors inbound to Scotty in the middle of the floor, who fakes a handoff. And there's some off-ball action that allowed the Raptors to clear the entire paint. So there was no help behind them. And Scotty was the center at this point because the Raptors had no Jakob on the floor. And 
Scotty faked the handoff, turned around, drove downhill, and dunked it. Finished it strong, two hands, exactly what you needed. Help came in late, I think from behind, from his man um, in, 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 in Miles Turner, who fouled him. He gets the N1, makes the free throw as well. I got so hype in my house. I got so hyped. Not only because that was a huge play, great call by, by Darko, but I, I that's the play that the Raptors ran for JV. If you remember, um, there was like maybe 2016, 2017 in that range. The Raptors had, a, oh yeah, it was 2017, because maybe 2018, because Serge was on the floor for that. But um, they inbounded, they were playing Milwaukee, and it was a really close game. Oh, this was DeMar's 51. Yeah, I think this was DeMar's 51. Yeah, he put 51 on Chris Middleton's head because they kept comparing those two guys. Um, wow, great memories. But regardless, the Raptors found themselves down two and they gave the ball to to, to same play. This time they amounted to JV and JV faked the handoff, drove downhill, nobody in the paint, dunked it. Should have been called for a foul uh, and should have been able to get to the foul line to potentially win the game at the buzzer. If you go back and watch it, he absolutely got hacked. But yeah, same play from Scotty, and I loved it. Scotty went hard, it was, but it was a great play call from Darko. It was just really great play call from Darko. You needed a bucket. You just got down one, and and you know Halliburton makes some ridiculous floater over OG, falling over all that stuff, like whatever. But you know, and you're you you're under pressure. You know, all the criticism around the team. You know, all the disappointment around the team. The fact that the team comes out and they they're down double digits every game for no reason. Like you know, what's going on here? In that moment, they dropped that play. It was awesome, man. I I got chills. It, it was an I got chills moment. But I was so happy to see that. And, um, yeah, I mean, whatever. Execution down the stretch was, it, like, obviously, Hal Moore was going to have the ball. OG was going to guard him. Um, it was a matter of can you got to stop. The Raptors got, what, Halliburton got two scores and, and OG got one stop. I mean, that turned out to be enough. That really did turn out to be enough. But, yeah, just a fun performance. And as you can tell, like, everybody contributed in this one, man. I felt really good about everybody who stepped on the floor for the Raptors. Like, I know, like, people are going to be mad at Gary for missing those two free throws at the end. Raptors were uh, down one after Halliburton made both, and or up one after Halliburton made both. The Raptors got the ball to Scotty, uh, who then threw a really good pass to the front court after getting trapped, threw it over the, up and over the trap to Gary, who got fouled. And you're thinking, well, Gary, of all people, is a great free throw shooter, misses both. And the, the Pacers had that chance at the end there. Um, but I thought Gary came in and competed, took good shots in this one, much better than what he did against, um, you know, Orlando. Still, I think, a lot more to get out of Gary's game. But like, he stepped in and contributed. Otto, again, look look at Otto, man. 11 minutes plus 14. And he got four rebounds, including one offensive. And that was pretty big, actually, because he jumped three four times for it. I don't know. Sometimes I think Otto is like LeBron's age, but he's my age. And so I guess I'm not too surprised that a 30 year old can jump for a rebound. But still, there's something about Otto where it's just like, all right, you, you got a little you know, like concern, but he makes great plays. Knocked down the corner three and, you know, just did a decent job. Committed two fouls. And, and he actually, TJ McConnell randomly was going at him over and over again, which was funny to me. TJ McConnell has the funniest game, man. It's just a little five foot pull ups. I guess it's only funny when the Raptors beat him because whatever the Raptors lose to TJ McConnell, I'm steaming. But. Um, still, Otto came in the game, provided good minutes. Chris Boucher, I thought great, great energy. I would love for him to finish stronger, though. There was a couple opportunities where, you know, he could have taken a strong. He could have gotten, like, 10 points in this one instead of six. And some of those were just soft finishes. But still, he came in and did a good job, was was in some good moments there, made his free throws. 
Malachi, awesome off the bench, man. I, and I, I'm sorry, I only had three stars, and there's no way that somebody other than Pascal, Scotty, and, and Dennis should get a star above Malachi and, you know, to lose their star to Malachi. But damn, if there was a four-star Malachi, I'd get my four-star, man. Loved it. The, the fact that Malachi Flynn went from, you know, making so little impact and, you know, out of the rotation, slandered by his coach, you know, only guy in his corner was his dad on Facebook. Like, man, the three years into his career, wasn't really able to lock anything down. And, and he comes in and all of a sudden Darko puts his arm around his shoulder, literally, but also spiritually lifts him up, put a smile on his face. And finally we, we get a productive player and that's player development, coaching, whatever you want to call it. That's beautiful to me. How can anyone not respect what Malachi Flynn has, has, has been able to do? And, and obviously it's still probably not enough. Like you definitely want to see even more and even more and even more. Um, and I'm not saying that Malachi has made it, but he's become a positive. He really has become a positive. And the fact that he had that run to start the second quarter there where he had eight points and man, even the sly stuff, like I'm going to push off before I go get open for this three and I'm going to knock it down. Like in Reggie Miller's house. Ah, that was sick, man. That was sick, Malachi. You know what? No matter how many, you can get as many hugs as you need if it's what it takes to revive your career because 14 points, five rebounds, two assists, uh, a block as well. Coming into the game late for his defense, like, the, you, you remember last year when the Raptors were playing the Pistons and they were super banged up early in the year as well? And um, Nick Nurse made the substitution where he's like, no, I'm going to put a Jeff down for defense. Malachi, you get the hell out of here. All right, scram. And now, a year later, against a much better team than the Pistons, the Raptors actually turn to Malachi for that. I, I'm, and I'm not even, again, I'm not trying to gas it up as like Malachi's amazing now, right? But he went from having no confidence and an absolute zero contributor to now being part of the team. That's beautiful to me. It really is. I, and I hope that there are other players that, you know, can go through the similar journey. Precious, I'm looking at you, all right? Darko, your next job after you take care of Malachi is Precious. You get Precious back to playing a good amount, then your bench might look like this on a more consistent basis. The bench did great, but obviously your three starts with tonight's performance. Pascal's your first star. I mean, like, come on, man. 36 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, a block. Um, yeah, he had lots of mismatches to attack, but he had the desire to attack. He put his head down. He was positive. He was focused. The, the, the setup to OG for three, the fact that he got to the foul line, made both. The setup to Dennis for three in the fourth quarter, the couple of buckets he made in the fourth quarter as well, like... Man, great effort from Pascal tonight, man. Really, really great. And and I thought he did a really good job um, leading the line for the Raptors on offense. Um, defensively, I still would like to see Pascal contain dribble penetration a little bit better. Um, but there are also times where he, he's gotten the stop out on the break, you know. And, uh, you know, yeah, he, what a great performance, man. Your, your second star for me, uh, I'm going to give it to Scotty. 20 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, 4 steals. And, hey, listen, these two guys can have good games. Now, of course, you do need them to contribute some from three, right? And Scotty had two threes today. Pascal had one. You know, this is a starting point. I would like them to maybe combine for five rather than three, but you, you live with it. You move. And you had a play today where Pascal drove, collapsed the defense, kicked it out to Scotty for three, right? That's a pick-and-pop play. Great stuff. Then you had the next play down. Um, you know, Scotty or Pascal made a cut through the lane, and Scotty found it with a high-low feed. So they can set up each other, but I, I thought what was important to me was in the moments where they were split from each other, when that was Pascal with the bench group or Scotty with the bench group, they both did a great job of taking charge, being the number one focus, and doing a great job of organizing that groups. So 
salute to them. But yeah, Scotty, 20 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, four steals, seven of 17. You know, and it'll advise three at one point, but that's the only thing I would say about his whole game, man. Well, actually, one or two errant passes as well. But overall, I really, really appreciated what Scotty did in this one. Playing some backup center as well. I think, you know, there was a slight benefit of not having um, Precious in that role because now all of a sudden you have Scotty being the hub for the second unit. And it looked damn good. And it's always looked good when he's played. He had a great game against Indiana last year when he had the same role. But regardless. Uh, and then your third side is going to go Dennis for me. I think OG has a case. Um, but yeah, I mean, 26 points, six rebounds. Five assists, a steal, uh, a couple of ill shots, uh, you know, a couple of ill drives, but overall very efficient. 10 of 16 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3, 4 of 4 from the foul line. Just generating that little bit of offense because, again, in this game, you really need to score to keep track with them, man. Indiana is so lethal on offense, and you get run out the game even if you just play an average offensive game. Now, of course, they'll play bad defense and keep the door open for you, but you got to step through that door, and I thought Dennis did a great job taking his spots, taking his chances, and... Uh, you know, doing great with them. Your Gerald Henderson Award winner. I mean, it's got to be Buddy Heald. I mean, look, Buddy is a great, like he's an amazing three-point shooter. He really is an amazing three-point shooter. And he did miss the, the game winner, but 31 points on 12 of 17 shooting, 7 to 12 from the field. That includes a late drive over Dennis for the for a lead at one point, two rebounds, five assists, two steals, a block. I mean, he's a bad man. He's a bad man. Raptors could really use a Buddy Heald. A lot of teams can use a Buddy Heald, but uh, I think Indiana has really found a great way to maximize him. Him and Tyrese obviously haven't, you know, um, you know, they came together from Sacramento, got great chemistry, the two of those guys. And yeah, that backcourt was killer, man. They, they combined for 12 made threes, 24 made field goals, uh, 21 assists, and also 64 points. Like, absurd. Absurd stuff, but... You know, Raptors somehow pull it out. So thanks to uh, everyone for listening. Uh, it's going to be a great show tomorrow. Uh, the vibes were not good after Orlando game, and the vibes are great after they win. I mean, that's that's probably actually the slogan of the show at this point. The Raptors show where the vibes are bad when they lose, and uh, the vibes are great when they win. So as long as we celebrate the wins as much as we lament the losses, I think uh, that's probably the only way to stay sane. So thanks for everyone for listening. Be on this ride. And, um, you know, Raptors got... A day off, can come home, and then they uh, will take on the Chicago Bulls. And um, hopefully get back to 500. You know, they, they are kind of flirting with that mark. And uh, so, uh, thanks for listening.